Once taken for granted, gatherings small and large have changed drastically in recent years. Get to know the producers and planners behind today's most successful events. Tap into their expertise to help you plan your next celebration on the Event Producers Network. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Event Producers Network. Today I'm joined by the CEO and founder of Witticity and Field Events, Tiana Van Gundy. Tiana, thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Tell, me, tell us a little bit about what you do in um, the two sides of Witticity and Field Events. Yeah, so Witticity is uh, specifically focused on weddings only, and then Field Events is focused more on like corporate, social, you know, nonprofit events. Uh, so definitely two different, you know, niches of the industry, but uh, you know, both fit under the umbrella of you know event producing in general. Uh, Witticity has been around for quite some time. So for we are about ten years old technically in June nice. of uh, twenty two this year, which is amazing. And Field Events was uh, birthed during COVID or just kind of at the start of that. So um, I should say at the start of the pandemic, COVID is still a thing. <laughs> uh, but so we are about two years old on the Field Events side. Nice. Now for you, the your wedding career or your wedding, but your event planning career started in Columbus, Ohio, right? Yeah, yeah. If you take it way back, I was actually take certified <laughs> as a uh, wedding planner in 2004. So dating myself a little bit but you don't look like you like, like 12 back then <laughs> right yeah sure i'll go with that um but yeah so i was certified as a wedding planner in 2004 just kind of getting my feet wet i was really interested in the you know events industry um i started out in you know food and beverage and restaurants so it was a very natural fit so you know events and food and beverage you can't really have one without the other it's you know you kind of break bread over celebrations and vice versa so um it's all one one happy family there but I started out in that, you know, in the um, restaurant industry, and then was really interested in events, and kind of took my career that way. Uh, during that time, I was, you know, I was younger, I was really ambitious, and just like ready to <laughs> get my feet wet. So I reached out to a bunch of different wedding planners, and basically was like, "Hi, I'm just here, and I want to learn." And I had a, a woman by the name of Jamie, and she became my mentor. She has a uh, company out in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, a wedding planning firm. She has, owns a couple of other businesses in the same industry, and she took me on and helped me, you know, learn learn like the wedding ways and all the things that go into planning a wedding. So she became my mentor and was super helpful um, to me in the beginning. Worked for her for a couple of years and still have a really great working relationship with her as well. But uh, then once I moved to Chicago in 2010. Um, I moved actually here for um, a job at Marriott. So I was working there for a couple of years. And then uh, that was kind of the very start of me opening up my business on the side for Witticity. And Very cool. Yeah. What many a story. Me many years later, here we are. No, <laughs> You know, but the one thing is uh, that I'm just uh, fascinated by is that you this, you didn't like all of a sudden just fall into this. This was a passion for you. Mm -hmm. This was something you pursued, you wanted. What were you like as a kid? Were you like throwing little you know, tea parties or parties for your friends? You know, it, it, tell me about what, uh, you know, where this passion really came from. Yeah, that's so funny that you say that. Uh, I actually have a, a funny story that when I was little, I made uh, business cards on, you know, on Word or whatever. And they had a Mickey Mouse logo. He was holding balloons and it had my name and it was like called Party Time Planners. And I took them and it was just printed on basic, you know, paper and I put them on all my neighbors' doors. And I thought, I was like, I'm gonna be the next biggest party planner in the neighborhood for all the kids' parties. Uh, I thought I had it all figured out. <laughs> and how old were you? Oh goodness, I don't even know. Uh, 
10. No way. 11, 12. I don't remember. Yeah. But good for you. Yeah. <laughs> so what, I had the entrepreneurial spirit much, you know, very, very young. But not even just entrepreneurial. I mean, like the event planning. Where did you even get that idea? I honestly, I don't, I don't know like, entirely. It's got to come from somewhere. Like, isn't that family? Not for, like, no one's in the business? No. However, you know, ever, like my, my mom, she was always in and around restaurants. So that, came, that part came very naturally for me. Sure. Um, so I think it was like the love of, you know, people and hospitality and, and again, you, you don't really, you know, just break bread. You know, when you're when you're doing that, you're doing that over an event or a cel- celebratory reason for that. So I think I just saw that like that symmetry. Um, and I have you're a ten. love. Like you're yeah. ten. Like, like, like if you, <laughs> yeah. I think if you ask most ten year olds, you know what an event planner is. Like, well, I don't know. I know. Like, you know yeah. Who do you hire for these? Leave things? it to Tiana. Yeah. Right? that's little young old soul, right? <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, I I think I just saw that like that symmetry between you know food and beverage and hospitality and events and I kind of merged them in my head um and so I, I knew pretty early on that this is what I wanted to do I didn't know exactly but I I knew that this was this was it yep um and so I kind of started down that path and I remember when I was in high school I was you know rummaging in my head of like what am I going to do you know who am I going to be when I grow up right I think we all go through that at some point when <laughs> we're younger and um, I was on, you know, the committee for homecoming and I was on this committee and doing that thing, all these, you know, I was kind of in all the extracurriculars in high school and I just got off the phone, um, with something. I don't remember what it was. And I hung up the phone and my mom was like, you're so worried about school and all these things. She was like, but that's it. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like that. She's like, that's a job. Why don't you do that? And I was like, oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> and then it was like the light bulb moment. And then that's when, um, that led me to, you know, reaching out to that wedding planner in Columbus who ended up becoming my mentor. And then that kind of sparked the rest of the path. Very cool. Now you could have easily stayed at uh, Marriott or pursued corporate event planning and mm-hmm. stayed within you know, the, the comforts of, of employment. <laughs> what was in you that you're like, nah, this is not for me. I gotta go. I gotta go on my own. I gotta try, gotta make it difficult. Right. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's, it's no, no easy feat. Um, However, you know, when I was working at um, Marriott, I, I loved my job. I loved my team. I had a, you know, a great support system in my team, and it was my first job here moving to Chicago. Um, so I found a lot of my friends there, which was amazing. Uh, but being there, I realized there's a lot of red tape. And whenever I wanted to change a process mm-hmm. or a procedure or how we approach something, you know, you had to go through 15 levels of management to change anything or to make a real impact. And I realized that's not, it's not how I do things. Um, I want to make an impact now. I don't want to take five years to create a new process on something. Um, so that was, that was pretty, you know, pretty eye opening. Um, however, you know, yes, Marriott was a fantastic company. They take great care of their employees. Insurance was nice. Um, you know, and then transitioning to entrepreneurship was was definitely very scary. So I was I was like many other entrepreneurs that have their toes in, but you didn't dive quite all the way in in the beginning. So I was at Marriott. Oh, absolutely. Um, like many others, and you know, it definitely takes some time to make sure, like, hey, is this right? Am I doing it right? Does this make sense before you take that leap of faith? So I did that for, you know, five years before I really took that leap of faith. Um, so I was at Marriott for a few years, and then I went to a small restaurant group um, where I worked at Kinsey Chop House and, and um, worked with that company for quite a while, and that was an amazing role for me as well. Um, that place too, by the way. Yeah. It's a great place. <laughs> I worked for, a, you know, someone who also became a pretty good mentor to me. Um, she was a great business owner, 
And I learned a lot from that role and that job and was able to really move up quickly. And because it was a small company, she let me really run within my position. So I was like, oh, I want to change this program. I want to change how we do this and that. And she was like, great, let's do it tomorrow. You know, and she really gave me the reins, which helped me realize like, okay, either small business or my own business is it. Um, So I was there for many years and then um, all the while kind of just behind the scenes, like little by little kind of creating this little business. And um, for a long time, I actually didn't have a name for my business. I oh, was no just way. Like, just you? I was just Tiana, the girl who plans weddings. <laughs> wow. Um, How would people find you? Just word of mouth? Yeah. In the beginning, I didn't market at all because I didn't have the money to. Sure. Um, and I was still, you know, apprehensive. It's scary to take it full time and, to, yeah. you know, again, walk away from a regular paycheck. Yep. So um, it took me a while to finally, finally do that. But um, I actually went after Kinsey. I went to one other um, place called Lakeshore. I've worked there for um, just over a year, 14 months. Um, It just was not the right role for me and wasn't a good fit. But um, when I left there, that was like that silver lining moment Mm -hmm. of like, yes, you know, I I think life works out in funny ways. And I think in that, I found that I was in this role to kind of open my eyes to say that, Tiana, this is it. You know, you're ready. You need to do it. But I think I need like life needed to teach me that moment. And I, I needed that job to show me that um, it was just it just wasn't a good fit for me personally and, and professionally. So I was like when that when that came to a close, it was it just all made sense. I was like, why? Why am I not doing this? Um, so when that moment happened, I was like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to do this. but I'm going to dive all the way in. And that was really scary. <laughs> and did you go like then you had a name and you got yeah. everything going? And, yeah. And wow. then I started to, you know, give life to Wittacity and really, you know, because um, I would go to like industry events, but nobody really knew me because I'd like pop up once every six months. Um, but then I was I was at every networking event. I was like, if I'm going to do this, everyone's going to know my name. They're going to know Wittacity. They're going to know Tiana. Um, so I overly jumped in. How, and what was that? Like, what was that overly jumped in? How did you manage to get the word out? Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, it was very, very grassroots in that uh, it was very much so a, you know, uh, you know, grinding by the skin of my teeth kind of thing. Um, I just tried to get in front of every single person I possibly could. That's and how then, we met. I mean, you were yeah. networking. Yeah. Yeah. I. And that was like, I don't know, like <laughs> forever. A long time ago. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It must have been like seven years ago. I don't maybe. Even, uh, yeah. I easily. I really think it was like seven years ago. I've met some, I mean, I have some crazy stories about networking and where those conversations can lead. So it really, I mean, it really does pay back to like go and get out of your comfort zone. Um, and I just got really comfortable like walking up to groups of people and just sticking out my hands, say, hi, I'm Tiana. Who are you? What do you do? Tell me your life story. And then making friends um, and connections. And that Good for you. definitely paid off for sure. And what, so what advice would you give to people when, I mean, I know come out of your comfort zone, right? And that's an easy thing to say. Um, but for those that, uh, like, yeah, that maybe it is just so uncomfortable, but getting out there, how do you overcome that, um, that, that fear, that awkwardness, that whatever that you have to overcome as a person to make that connection with others? You know, I think part of it is when you take that leap of faith and you really dive into your business and you're like, okay, this is it. It changes everything because you realize you don't have the security blanket of a paycheck, you know, which is your regular job. When you take that leap of faith, you're like, this is it. I have no choice. You know, it's kind of back against the wall kind of situation. And that for me, that's what what it was. Um, I mean, I've always been somewhat of an extrovert, a little, you know, 
happy to talk to people, that kind so of thing. So it did come a little easier for you. Yeah, yeah, it did. But still, I mean, it's it's definitely not easy to walk into a room that you don't know anybody. <laughs> for sure. And you're kind of, you know, you're, you're definitely the new person in town and you're just like, hi, this is who I am. This is what I want to be. Yep. Um, especially when you don't have an established business. It's really easy when you can walk in and you have that your business card that says Marriott on it and it's a brand and people know it and it's recognizable. But you're passing out a card that says Wittisty and mm. you're like, who is this and how do you say this and who are you and wh- tell what's going on? <laughs> Um, so I get a lot of wetty city. Yeah. 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 I get a lot of wetty city, but it's fine. Um, I say, call me what you want. Just hire us. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Now, what, so yeah. So tell me about the pandemic. We've fast forward right now. Mm-hmm. We're in 2020 and events come to a halt. How did you take that? What was life like for you at that point? One of the things that you'd mentioned, just how from an essential, uh, mm-hmm. classification, how not to be seen as essential, but you know, we need one another and events are obviously such an important part of our, our, our culture. How'd you take that? How, why'd you pivot? Yeah. Oh man. Pivot. The word of 2020. Right. Um, <laughs> I, it's so funny because I haven't used it. This is the first time I've used it wow. in probably I'm since like 2020. Yeah. Because it was so overused. It was. I was like, I had to pivot, pivot. You're it's right. Like if though. I have to hear You're that right. one more time. Um, they almost no. made me feel bad for saying it. <laughs> no, like, no, 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 no. Like, I, was... I actually like kind of felt a little bad. Like, <laughs> like that's a bad word now. <laughs> no, but in in 2020, I was like, if I hear this word one more time, but it it makes all the sense because it is. It's that you're like you know one foot on the ground, one foot moving. Of like, okay, I'm in this industry, but how do I still stay? It's like when you walk into relevant. the wrong bathroom or something, yeah. right? Like, oh, hey, <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, during that time, it was so interesting, you know, for 2020 and it, pretty much anyone in the events industry can, you know, attest to this. But 2020 was looking like a really beautiful year for all of us. Books were heavy. We had, you know, full scale um, calendars and schedules and, you know, booked clients and all the things. Yeah, right. It was yeah. it was looking like a very profitable year for everyone in the industry. Um, so it was, you know, we went in first quarter was, you know, all glitz and <laughs> glam and we were excited um, and then it, it wasn't, um, but, uh, that first quarter was really great. I mean, we even started off usually the first quarter cause it's Chicago, it's cold. Not a lot of events happen here. Um, so usually that's a little bit of a slower time for us, but we were actually rocking and rolling. We had, we helped with this big, um, magazine event that we did called Wed Bash and a few other, you know, weddings and things that we had. It just, it was a really great first quarter and I was like feeling really good. My team was about to come on full time, which I was like super stoked about, um, and we were just making some good transitions in the company and, you know, feeling all the feels. It was feeling like I finally, I, I made it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the news of COVID. And it was so, I remember it being so weird because everybody, it was like this weird talk. It was like a dusting right. on like the industry. It was like, of... what's, you know, what's this COVID thing? Should we sanitize more often? Okay. Wash your hands already, whatever. And no one really knew what was going on until like it hit us, you know, um, and at first it was like, oh, okay, we'll be fine. You know, I think everyone's funny story is like, oh, two weeks, right? Like we'll be fine in two weeks. Here we are two years later. Yeah. Um, but we, I mean, I really thought, oh, two weeks, maybe a month, no big deal. This is kind of our slower time anyways, like not a big deal. We'll, we'll take this time to just work on some things in the back end with our clients and you know, whatever. It's fine if we don't need to like go to networking events and that kind of thing. So I was like, eh, no big deal. Um, in the beginning I was very positive, you know, I'm definitely a glass half full kind of gal. Um, so I thought that everything is fine. Give it a couple weeks. We'll be fine. Well, fast forward, we obviously realized pretty quickly it wasn't fine. Um, and in the beginning, again, we were just super positive, but when 
everything like in our the country took a turn and we realized this is this is serious and we're you know we're staying at home people's jobs are being cut like when that started happening it was eye-opening um and very very scary you know as a business owner but also you know i felt i felt horrible for our clients um specifically you know for Wittacity, you know people are spending thousands and thousands of dollars to make their wedding come to fruition Mm -hmm. and you know they've put thousands of dollars of deposits down and they put a lot of energy and effort into selecting their vendors and their venue and all these fun things and it's something they look forward to throughout their whole lives and even if you're not that couple that's been dreaming about your wedding since year four you're, you're still you know you're still a you know a person that's put down a bunch of money on something and you're now excited about it you know it's it's there's a lot that goes into it so my heart was just breaking for these couples because they were like is it going to happen is it not going to happen I don't know and the hard thing was you know we're as planners we always know the answers you come to us I'm like oh, we can figure it out you know we're, we're we always figure things out we always have the answer um, and if we don't have the answer we'll find the answer that's that's what planners do this was the one time I didn't have the answer and that was really really hard um, and not only not having the answer, but then once like the cancellation started rolling in and the postponement starting roll, rolling in, then I was like, oh, not, not only do I not have the answer, but I might not even have a business. Right. <laughs> I might not even have a paycheck. Like how, what, how am I going to survive? Um, and that was, re- I mean, honestly, that was terrifying. Um, in the moment, like this is the kind of hospitality heartstrings part of me, but like First, it just broke my heart because I felt horrible. And as a planner, we're positioned between our vendor partners who we work with, you know, weekend after weekend after weekend, and then our clients. And that was a really tough spot because I wanted to protect both parties. My heart went out to both of them. I knew how both people were being impacted. And, you know, every day, there was a couple of weeks where every day I was, you know, on the phone with people crying and losing their minds, whether it was a vendor partner of ours, it's like, you know, I don't know how my business is going to survive. Like, I just need to vent. I need help. How can we work through this situation with the client? Or if I was on a you know phone call with a couple and their parents or whomever, and they're, you know, crying and frustrated and sad and, you know, all of these things and being positioned right there in the middle was, was definitely a very, very tough spot. God, I can't even imagine. Yeah. There was a couple of weeks where I was like, okay, I need that glass of wine. <laughs> right? I mean, because, yeah, like people are looking for answers and no one's giving it to them. But here you are kind of the only person in their peripheral, right, where mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you, tell me, give me something. And yeah. Yeah. We're, no one's getting answers. No. So, But there was some, uh, well, I want to say some good that came out of it. But uh, like anyone else who pivoted, right, mm-hmm. you definitely did. And out of it came fueled events, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so tell me a little about that. So as this trickle was happening and people were canceling and postponing, you know, again, another back against the wall situation, I was like, okay, well, I started to see everybody, quote unquote, pivot, right? Everybody was like, okay, well, I'm going to start this or I'm going to, you know, caterers were doing, um, you know, meals to hospitals and doing um, delivery and just all of these kind of really creative, cool things. And I was like, wow, okay, this is, everyone's figuring it out. Like, here's my you know, I've got to Your figure moment. it out too, yeah. right? And I was, uh, you know, kind of mulling around with a bunch of ideas. And I was like, okay, but none of these felt right. They felt either too small, like I was going to put all this energy into something and get paid, you know, $30. I'm like, that's, I can't survive off of $30. Right. My mortgage doesn't accept $30. Right. So I just kept like kind of throwing things around in my brain and um, wasn't really getting anywhere. And then one day I was out for a drive and just was like, I just had to get 
the heck out of the house and I just the only thing we could do is be in our car right we could be in a car we could go to like the pharmacy that's kind of it those are the grocery store that's kind of the only things we could do so I just went for a drive and the city to me is like at night is relaxing and beautiful especially then yeah there's nobody out yeah there's nobody out it was gorgeous and so I just went for a drive and just to kind of like get my head out of the nonsense and all the noise and I came back home and I was talking to um, my partner at the time and I was like you know I just got to come up with something like something's got to give and you know he was kind of my sounding sounding board through a lot of that so in that um we were like a drive-in this is this makes sense like we can be in our cars can't really do anything else and then immediately it was like when that conversation happened i was like a complete light bulb moment exactly i literally was like oh my gosh yes so i went from you know everything in my head as like paper and i was like no paper forget paper computer laptop like you know putting everything in a excel sheet I'm like okay this here would be cost and then i started looking at google maps and like okay where in the city could we actually put that kind of space because you need a lot of space yeah. for something like that so i started literally just like zooming in on google maps like okay how can i find a space that makes sense and then i put together basically a deck uh proposal uh and sent it out to a bunch of different lots and tried to make connections and that was i'm not gonna lie that was a little hard I didn't, ha- I didn't know exactly who to contact, um, but I had great conversations with, you know, um, like uh, Soldier Field, with Wrigley, with um, Sox Stadium, with United, um, and then a few other independent lots kind of around the city. And um, Soldier Field was the first one to be like, no, this is, your proposal is like really solid. You've really thought of everything. That's so cool. I had to make you feel cool, though. Oh, my God. It was amazing. I, I, I so, I barely even have words. Uh, it was I, so, it was such an incredible time and it was a random idea and I, you know, took it to, to them. They were willing to hear me out. I, I mean, I really had a lot of, you know, obviously I have the event producing side of me, so mm-hmm. that was already there. And then um, as I started to build this out, I started working with the city and kind of figuring out how can we have a large scale event that's socially safe in a pandemic yeah. um, and a COVID world, right? That takes some creativity. It was interesting. <laughs> I learned a lot. Um, but in that, you know, we created what we now call Shy Together. And Shy Together was a socially safe entertainment complex that happened from July through October in um, the Soldier Field South parking lot. And it was it was a once in a lifetime experience, but through Shy hopefully. Together, yeah, I mean, hopefully it's not gonna work. Um, but through that experience, we, you know, Fueled Events kind of came to fruition. So Fueled Events was kind of in the works behind the scenes um, for the last like year or so. I had always wanted to create a corporate brand because I was, you know, I had requests for events and things that weren't weddings. Of course. And I would take them, but it was like it never made sense to market it under Wittacity. So, I kind of started, yeah, I started kind of creating the sub brand, but I never really made it live. I never created it. Um, and then right before we created Chai Together, I was like, okay, I need to put like a brand together for this because this is, this is happening really fast. So then I officially like LLC'd Field Events and I was like, okay, well, we're, this is happening. And then shortly thereafter, the drive-in kind of came to fruition, um, which was amazing. I mean, we were the largest event happening in the midwest at the time we could have 400 cars which is about 2,000 people wow um and it was all socially safe and it truly was like i think that was something i prided myself on during the pandemic was that you know we had this entertainment complex that merged 
Chicago festival scene, the Chicago festival summer vibe that we all live for, but also the nostalgic, you know, drive-in scene. So we merged these two ideas together to create Chai Together, which was this moment to come together in an insane situation that no one could have predicted and have a sense of place and a sense of purpose. And we gave back to the Greater Chicago Food Depository and my team was able to work and not be unemployed, which felt amazing. And I got to actually employ more people. We ended up employing about 88 people throughout wow. the, throughout that, which was amazing because nobody else had jobs, yeah. especially in our industry. Everybody was trying to figure out where the next paycheck was coming Absolutely. from. So it felt so good to you know employ people and give them a place to be five days a week. It was it was incredibly impactful. Um, and it was it, we were a family. You know, we had just each other. We kind of bubbled around each other because we knew, you know, we had to be safe. And we took pride in making sure that it really was a socially safe experience. It was, you know, we were very strict on mask wearing. We were very strict on our cleaning schedules um, because we knew our all eyes were on us. Of we were course, the largest event happening in the Midwest course. at the time. So we Good had to you. be ahead of the game. It was insane. Good for but you. But beautiful. <laughs> no, I mean, amazing. And kudos. And you pulled it off. So we're yeah. here, right? Yeah. Now. Tell me, take me to present day. What's the, the vision for the future? Uh, what, uh, what's going on now that things are hopefully returning to normal or yeah. back to normal? Yeah. Um, I don't know if we'll ever, ever see the word normal right. um, the well, same way. but <laughs> Remember that other keyword, new normal. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so honestly, um, 21, you know, 2020 was insane for all of us. Then 21 happened, 2021. And it was that weird trickle in the beginning of the year. We're like, what's happening? Is life returning? We're not really sure. But then the floodgates opened in yeah. summer of 21. And it was like, oh, life is normal again. And we were all just like, wait, what? Yep. <laughs> and people in our industry were incredibly affected by that because the world wanted to open up again. And they're like, okay, well, we want to have festivals. We want to have this. We want to do this. But all of us were not, well, we were working, but most people in our industry weren't not working during that time. So they were like, wait, we have to come back like, 150% after not being, you know, not having a job for a year or, you know, being told we weren't essential and we couldn't work <laughs> for a year. Um, and then we were needed fivefold to create things very, very fast. Yep. Um, so the demand was really, really hard in 21. It was probably, I think 21 was probably harder than 2020. Wow. Um, just because we were creating events in such a short time frame. It yep. was like, okay, well, the world opened up and, you know, whatever, May or June 1st or whatever that was. And then by the next month, we wanted to have full scale yep. events again. So it was, you know, the the expectation was extremely high um, with very limited resources. So that made 2021 very, very tough, but we got through it. My team came together and they were absolutely amazing. Um, they really, you know, they stuck through me through the pandemic and then continued to stay with me through, you know, the reignition of the industry, which was beautiful. And I, my heart goes out to every single one of them. I love them dearly. Um, and through that, you know, now we're at 22 and things are regulating again. It's still hyperspeed. Um, the industry hasn't totally recovered. I mean, you can see it in small ways, right? Like some of the restaurants you love aren't quite open yet. Or you go to a hotel and they're like, oh, yeah, we don't have this service again yet. Yeah. Or, you know, it could be something small like valet or bell check. Um, or, uh, you know, maybe it's you can't order that burger from room service at, you know, midnight anymore. Um, so, the, you know, a lot of people in the industry, the, you know, hospitality industry as a whole, we've all been affected. Uh, so we've, you know, things have changed quite a bit and it will, it probably won't regulate until 2024, 
It's kind of the prediction we've all been chatting about. Um, you know, I'm no have no crystal ball, but it's kind of the prediction here. Um, but this year is is full throttle. So on the wedding side, you know, a lot of people were hesitant to try to even have an event in 21. So they pushed a lot of the events till this year. So um, this year is predicted to be the you know uh, most weddings ever um, since like the 80s. I think it was like 60s or 80s or something. It was bound to be that way though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's just oh, it's been a wild ride, but um, but I mean we're we're thriving. We're doing really well, which is great. Um, again, my team has been amazing. So like huge shout out and props to them for rolling through the punches with me. Um, and then on the field event side, you know, we are, you know, because of the pandemic, because of Shy Together, that that creation of that event, we've been able to, you know, take on some really cool projects and been asked to be a part of things that I maybe otherwise wouldn't have had the opportunity to. So, sure. you know, in a weird way, COVID kind of created this platform for all of us to rethink our lives, reshape our futures. And that's the positive that came out of it. So uh, cool. You know, I did say I'm a glass half full kind of gal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's all awesome. And, you know, obviously a lot of exciting things, not only for yourself, but for the industry, for us as a community and just excited for it. So if you're out there listening and planning an event on Strong, uh, I encourage you to reach out to Tiana. She would obviously love to, to help you both on the wedding side okay. uh, or the corporate side. But Tiana, thank you so much for, for coming in and sharing uh, your story and you know, words of wisdom on overcoming through a pandemic <laughs> and getting things back to, you know, normal. Quote, unquote. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's been a pleasure being here. I'm excited. And, you know, um, the events industry is such a fun place to be. Uh, we see the fruits of our, you know, work every single week um, through the events that we produce. And it's it's so rewarding. Um, but anyone who's even looking to get into the industry, um, it, it's a beautiful place to be. And we would love to have you. It's It's a great place. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you.